0: You've arrived on rather a special night. This episode of Diabolical contains spoilers for the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
1: This is Diabolical, the comedy podcast where four long-suffering friends dissect films' most dastardly schemes, then try to improve them. I'm your host, Gareth, and this week's movie is 1975's The Rocky Horror Picture Show. So, peril pals, put on your finest fishnets and corsets, and for the four in attendance and the hundreds listening at home, let's get diabolical!
0: I love the way you close your eyes for a second. There. <laughs> Was that just for effect or were you actually in the zone?
1: <laughs> it felt appropriate. Hello and welcome to this week's pod. Joining me as always are the panel of peril who will compete at the show's close to see who can improve the villainous plan of the week the best and earn the right to pick next week's film and become host. I'm joined this week as always by Ben, Craig and Adam. As you're lumbered with me as your host for today, you're going to have to endure the return of the Mr. and Mrs. Game, which <laughs> I call the Mr. and Mrs. Game. This time around, we're going to try and figure out one another's favourite film musical number. So, what I haven't done is written mine down. Does anybody else write those down? I've
0: written <laughs> <laughs> mine down. This game just can't go right, can it? It's <laughs> this every It's not
1: happening. Uh, Do you want me to get a pen and paper quickly? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. (laughs) First up in the game, we're all going to try and guess Craig's favourite movie musical number.
2: I think I've got this. I think Craig's favourite movie musical number is Everybody Wants to Be a Cat from the Aristocrats.
0: Ah, okay. I think his favourite is uh, Little Shop Horrors. You'll Be a Dentist. Oh, that's a good oh. One,
1: My guess for Craig's favourite musical number is Jailhouse Rock from the film Jailhouse Rock. Ooh. And I'll tell you,
3: they have all been my favourite movie musical Ooh. number at some point in my history. However, my current favourite movie musical number is... America from West Side Story. Oh. Oh.
2: From the Steven Spielberg version. Yeah,
3: it's fucking brilliant. I absolutely love yeah, it. Yeah, it's good. I wanna be in
2: America. <inaudible> America. Cheese is always free in America. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that from that mouse cartoon? FIFO Goes West. It's not the, that's the second one though, the first one. American Tale, I think it's called. An American yeah. Tale. Yeah. But they sing the mouse version with cheese in it. Cheese is free in America.
3: <laughs> if you haven't seen Spielberg's West Side Story, I highly recommend it. It's great. It it's
0: cheese isn't free anywhere, by the way, listeners. You got to pay for it. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: by hook or by crook.
2: A little public service announcement there, Tony. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: It's all right. I just want—I don't want people to be walking in supermarkets and then to blame us. <laughs> You're not going to get
2: us on that.
1: <laughs> Next up, we will try and guess Ben's favourite movie musical number.
0: Well. I'm gonna go for Cannibal, the musical. The sky is blue. <laughs>
3: oh, interesting! Very good. My initial thought was that Ben's uh, favorite movie musical number would be something from the David Bowie movie Labyrinth. I didn't bother looking into what songs they were because I changed my mind when I realized that Ben's favorite movie musical number must be
1: Pinball Wizard from
2: Tommy. It's mm. a good call.
1: I went for the first one that leapt to my mind when I was trying to think of Ben's favourite movie musical number so I've gone for Pure Imagination from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory
2: Mmm mm. Yeah, that was the one I had in mind and I, yeah, I love all of those songs but there's one song that I sing quite frequently around the house from the musical Bugsy Malone <sighs> You give a little love.
3: How did I forget about your obsession with Bugsy Malone?
2: (laughs) You give a little love and it all comes back to you. you I thought
0: you'd be like, uh, we could have been anything that we we wanted to be. be.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's you give a little love. That's it? Yeah.
1: I've never seen Bugsy Malone. (laughs) Okay. Three is the magic number, as we're going to try and guess Adam's favorite movie musical number.
3: Okay, I'm less confident about mine now. <laughs> so, my first thought of what Turner would like, see, I've written here and crossed out, stop the Planet of the Apes, I want to get off. <laughs> yeah, I disqualified good. because it's only in The Simpsons, not a movie, right? Yeah. So yeah. then I went for Hakuna Matata from The Lion King. Ooh. But then I decided, mm. no, <laughs> it is. The Trapper Song from Cannibal, the musical. Ah, similar ideas there, then.
2: Yahoo!
4: Yahoo!
1: <laughs> cut their skin off, cut their eyes off. Nice.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they should have sung that in Pray, shouldn't they, during that sequence? <laughs> so I, I was really torn with Turner. I know he's he has a very deep love for two things, the Beatles and Lord of the Rings. Mm. So that's where my mind went. I was thinking something from Hard Days Night, and I was thinking something a little bit out of left field on that—not one of the the really well-known ones. So I was thinking the things we said today, and then I thought, no, it's got to be Lord of the Rings. So I went with Misty Mountain Cold Ooh. from The Hobbit. <laughs> Very good.
1: Not musical though, is
2: it? It's a musical number from a movie. It's a musical number. Yeah.
0: It's a spontaneous sing along, isn't it? But it, it is. You're yeah. right. It's a musical number. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair enough inclusion. And I,
2: I, re- I reckon he's definitely rubbed one out to it. At least <laughs> Well, yes. You can't prove that
3: If I'd known we could do Numbers that weren't from musicals I would have gone with that other Lord of the Rings Song that Billy Boyd sings You know Home uh, is
4: behind
3: hmm.
0: Oh Is pain. Sniffs and he's, eats a cherry tomato That's the one yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: The song on this week's episode of uh, Rings of Power is really good as well Over the Harfoots uh, yeah. travelling yeah, it's a good. Yeah, it's good great. little number. Uh, I've sort of gone a bit similar to Ben. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone for a musical film. I've just gone for a, a musical number that's in a film. So I've gone for Jabba's palace musical number from *Return of the Jedi*. <laughs> <laughs>
4: cool, neat,
1: the <laughs> weird Twilight. Tw- tw-
4: tw- <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Well, I'm afraid to say, you're all quite way off the mark. It's a more traditional Disney film, and it is from Aladdin. You ain't never had a friend like me. Ah. Robin Williams' performance synced with the animation is just... Yeah. It's here every time. It was between that and Little Shop Horrors.
3: I thought you were going to say it was between that and the Will Smith version, and I was going to just leave... (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not even seen that one yet. me nah, neither. Uh it's not bad. You ain't never had a slap
1: from me. <laughs> and finally, we're gonna try and guess my favourite movie musical number.
2: I thought for Gaza would be something from Little Shop Horrors or from Sweeney Todd and I c I couldn't decide. So I went with Feed Me from Little Shop Horrors.
0: Ah.
3: Mm. Well, first my mind went to Doctor Horrible sing along blog. <laughs> but Stopped there, didn't want to think of any numbers from it, so I went for You're
0: Welcome from Moana. Okay, as we all know, Gaz is like an armadillo, he's hard on the outside but <laughs> soft on the inside. So, with that in mind, I chose uh, Beauty and the Beast from the movie of the same name, Taylor's Oldest
2: Time, sung by Angela Lansbury. Yes, there's no way Gaz likes anything by Lansbury, there's no
1: way he can resist. <laughs> I do genuinely love all three of those songs. Little Shop Horrors is one of mine and Izzy's favourite films to watch together. Mm. You're Welcome from Moana. It's brilliant. I listen to that from time to time just on Spotify. Yeah. And um, Beauty and the Beast too. that's one of my favourite Disney films. But actually, my favourite movie song is The Time Warp ah! from this week's film, oh, yeah. Rocky Horror Isn't Picture it? Show. <laughs> For reasons that I'll go into when we discuss the film, I have quite a few reasons. Some of you may have seen in my Letterboxd review.
3: Well, I get it. I mean, it's just... Uh... <laughs>
1: no, I didn't watch it, actually.
2: I didn't
3: look at it. It's just the, uh, you know, it's just a jump to the left.
1: And, and a step, step to, to the right. <laughs> in news from 1975, on New Year's Day, Mitchell, Haldeman, and Ehrlichman are found guilty of the Watergate cover up. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is released in the UK. The Vietnam War ends with the fall of Saigon. The UK votes yes in a referendum to remain a member of the European community. Rembrandt's painting The Night Watch is slashed several times at a museum in Amsterdam. Muhammad Ali defeats Joe Frazier in the thriller in Manila. And heavy metal band Iron Maiden are formed by Steve Harris. On with the film. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is director Jim Sharman's adaptation of Richard O'Brien's original stage show, and tells the tale of sexual awakening of Brad and Janet, played by Barry Bostwick and Susan Sarandon, two all-American teens who happen upon a scary isolated castle when their car breaks down on them one ill-fated night. Little do they know that the castle is run by one Dr. Frank N. Furter a scientist of ill repute from planet Transylvania in the transsexual galaxy. Taking in B-movie horror and science fiction tropes, copious amounts of flesh on display, and banger after banger of musical numbers, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is one of a kind in popular culture. Sharman and O'Brien did reunite for a quasi-sequel called Shock Treatment, in which Brad and Janet return in a new scenario and played by different actors, but it is not well regarded, and I have not seen it. <laughs> I have. Have you? What do you think?
3: It's completely different, and it's not as good. Mm. And I was like, what, eight or nine
1: when I saw it? So not for <laughs> me either. I don't think I could even bring myself to watch the trailer. It came up on my YouTube because I was looking for various other things, and I was just like, eh, I just don't want to see it. <laughs>
3: yeah. Although one good thing, Barry Humphries is in it. Yeah. Oh. I love Barry mm.
4: yeah.
1: Well, I've got a few short facts about the film. It was shot at Bray Studios, where Hammer Horror used to film and reused a lot of their sets and props. The initial reaction to the film was very negative until the Waverley Theatre in York began hosting midnight screenings with the audience cosplaying along. It holds the record for longest-running theatrical release at 47 years and is still on limited release in cinemas to this day. Other notable versions of the Time Warp include... Damien, which reached number one in the UK in 1989 and has not aged very well. A version on Ryan Murphy's Glee in 2010, which is good. And Tenacious D's Rock the Vote Blue Democrat Lips version from 2020, which is brilliant. Anyway, what did everybody think of this week's film? For me, it's one that
3: I grew up on. I used to put it on VHS about once a week. So it's always been part of my cinematic landscape and it's still great fun personally i don't think all of the musical numbers in it are that memorable but it's enjoyable and i understand why it's formed what you would have to call like a cult community around it
2: so this was the first time i'd ever seen it i'd seen songs in youtube and in clips on tv over the years um, but yeah this is the first time i've actually seen it as a coherent story and i i really enjoyed it I don't know if you've noticed over the course of the podcast, the films I've enjoyed the most are the ones that have been kind of the furthest away from heavy topics and and kind of the deeper, darker stories. And so this one I thought was great. Really good entertainment. The musical numbers were great. I agree with Craig. Not all of them memorable. I'm just trying to remember if I could picture them all, but I can't. But yeah, it was fun. And there there were some great numbers. I loved the nods to like the B movies, the King Kong nod where they're climbing the the radio tower in the theatre and Tim Curry. It's just...
1: Tim Curry is... Off the charts, he's
3: amazing. Unbelievable. <laughs> I can see that he's really enjoying himself as well, and I think that makes a difference. i say about the musical numbers, though, what I would say is that obviously Time Warp was everywhere. Like You would know Time Warp if you had no idea what the movie was, mm. but the number that actually always stuck with me was Hoppatootie, the meatloaf bit.
2: That's a great caveat.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, that's the first time I've seen a movie as well. It's just one of those ones I've never got around to and always like, seen plenty of and I I remember it being in the theatres around here and seeing the people going to the things so I never really knew about it apart from the time warp which obviously we probably all remember from school discos and I enjoyed it but I think a lot of its power has diminished quite a bit but I recognise probably what it means to a lot of people particularly in the LGBTQ plus community Mm. and I can imagine it was like a shining beacon to a lot of them and must still hold a lot of power it's probably broken down a lot of walls and maybe encouraged people to talk about how they feel inside and how they want to express themselves so yeah for that reason it's a fantastic movie and I did enjoy the performances although like Craig says there's not a lot of memorable songs in there but it's the performances that really capture you. Mm.
1: Well for my part similar story to Craig's, it was my sister who introduced me to the film. Endless rewatches, and I hadn't seen it in about 20 years. And it just instantly came flooding back to me as soon as those lips appeared on the screen, singing the opening tune science fiction double feature. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's just because I knew it so well from when I was young, but every single song is just so good. Damn it, Janet is a cracker yeah that's great with the american gothic couple singing in the background <laughs> yeah. squeakily yeah um <laughs> obviously time warp is incredible sword of damocles hanging over my head that's a great one meatloaf song touch me which is uh janet's yeah. big number that's a good one yeah that's a great one dr von scott's song about eddie When Eddie said he didn't like it, teddy, you knew he wasn't a good kid. That one. I love that one. (laughs) It's just start to finish. I was loving it. I was surprised. I said in my letterbox review, as soon as the time walk came on, I could feel myself welling up. It was just, it was a real shock to me. It was like, Jesus Christ. I didn't realise how much this film meant to me. Clearly it means a lot. I downloaded the full soundtrack. As soon as it finished and I've listened to it twice (laughs) since. I downloaded Bat Out of Hell, Meatloaf. Because his numbers are cracker, mm. yeah. and yeah. I went straight online to look for touring productions of Rocky Horror Picture Show, and there's one in <laughs> Manchester in February, which I think I'm probably going to go to. Wow, excellent!
4: <laughs> so yeah,
1: I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I say not all,
3: I don't mean Time Warp is and none of the others are, because hmm. clearly some of the others are, especially that the uh, Susan Sarandon one. That's yeah. one of my favourite ones yeah.
1: as well. Just going back to Meatloaf, that's like the first. Point in the film where you really get a sense that Frank's a bad guy as well, isn't it? Because he's just right. slowly stalking Meatloaf mm. with, uh, is it an axe?
2: A pickaxe, yeah. And
1: I remember that that always really disturbed me mm. when we watched it as kids. Genuinely, like, freaked me out because he's such a, um, a garrulous chap up until yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> point, and then yeah, it's just a really quick turn. There's a yeah. turn,
2: yeah, and then he gives that he gives that line. He he says, uh, "Oh, don't be upset. It was a mercy killing." <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. is yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just was one of my favorites
3: people always say they'd love to see tim curry as batman's joker mm. and they just need to watch this so <laughs> yeah. got it. Yeah.
2: one thing i struggled with was just in my mind trying to reconcile these two different people one is this richard o'brien who co-created this kind of genius musical and then the other one's one that kind of sings to a skeleton going, Mumsy, in the Crystal Maze. It's like, <laughs> like these two people couldn't have been further apart in my mind. Yeah. It's really hard to reconcile. Did
0: you notice on the um, exterior shot of the castle, the Crystal Dome was on top? Yeah. Is that- I did. Yeah, I didn't catch that.
2: Uh, is that where it came from? <laughs> it must have been, I
3: guess. Crystal Maze is be campy fun, and it has its castle sections the medieval zone
2: yeah yeah but it's so far removed from the rock Hour picture show in my mind
3: the question i had about richard o'brien and i don't know if fans of the movie speculate upon this a lot but you spoke about the uh damn it janet number mm. with the american gothic couple in the background that clearly is richard o'brien so is this like a uh wizard of oz situation where the events of the castle are a dream and the real Richard O'Brien isn't riffraff. It's the American Gothic looking guy At the church
2: Well I wondered yeah because the priest is also Tim Curry right Yeah mm. And in, in the, like, the investigator's office He has those pictures circled
1: mm. It's a plausible reading of it isn't it Either that
3: or maybe the Transylvanian characters Have their eyes on Brad and Janet Before they
0: ever get anywhere near the castle
2: mm. And that's why the motorcycles Are kind of circling mm. Mm.
0: Two observations I had I thought Tim Curry's Frankenfurter looked sort of, uh, facially anyway, it's very similar to Freddie Mercury at the time. Mm. Yeah. Recently watched one of their, I think it must have been a nineteen seventy five or seventy six show from somewhere like one of the football grounds in South London, and I was like, that's facially wise, it's Freddie Mercury. So I thought, well, I wonder if he's taken some of that or if... other way around. Yeah. It was a glam rock type of era, wasn't yeah, it? So but... I thought there's a lot of that anyway, wasn't it? So Fred and Tim
3: Curry were friends, but Fred. Ah. Oh. There you go. He's taken inspiration from Frank and not the other way around.
0: Ah, right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I knew. I'm, I thought it's it's too much like a coincidence not to be related. So there you go. That was that.
3: Yeah. As like you say, he was already, you know, dressing glam rock wise, but yeah. he definitely took some style and swagger from, you know, his friendship with Tim Perry for sure.
0: <laughs> That's what a lot of the the artists, whether it be actors or musicians, they do influence and take influence from the world around them, don't they? So it's all kind of Mm. linked in that way, I suppose, isn't it?
2: But you're right about the glam rock connection. Mm. Mm. Because they even say in the film, rock and roll's dead. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah. During my research and stuff, I was looking at 1975 and what was going on around it. And I was just like, oh, it's glam rock. And that was that whole movement, I guess, in a way that everybody started to express themselves differently. And then this movie came out and that probably pushed things a bit further along.
3: Yeah, Eddie and the Bikers represent that old school of rock and roll from the like James Dean era yeah. of things. That's and... right,
2: yeah. And then Rocky kind of symbolises glam rock, doesn't he? Hmm. Right. yeah. All looks and not, not as much uh, content. <laughs> yeah.
1: The songs for me mostly are sort of old rock and roll style. There's a lot of piano and sort of... Do what what? Honky-tongue. Yeah.
2: Did anybody
0: notice what Meatloaf had tattooed on his knuckles?
2: I've got it written down. Second film in a row. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> nice link. Yep. There we go. Seg seg. <laughs>
2: Unfortunately, Cookie Lopez wasn't involved in this one.
0: <laughs> Cookie Lopez didn't do any wardrobe this time.
3: That's a shame. <laughs> the Night of the Hunter was fresh in my mind, particularly Gaz's reaction to it. And there <laughs> I was watching the Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> <laughs> Show, thinking, so Gaz doesn't like
1: melodramatic acting. Interesting. <laughs>
4: Well, it's, it's
1: stagey uh, camp acting for me is different to Oh, to that's how you're
0: getting around it, is it? Well I knew It is nice
2: you, sort of you you couldn't It's on purpose in Rocky Horror Picture Show, isn't it's it? It's on yeah.
3: purpose in Night of the Hunter as well, that's what I was saying. I
2: don't think it is. You
1: couldn't drop Robert Mitchum from that film into Rocky Horror Picture Show and say those two acting styles are the same for, for my money. Well, we'll never know. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scientific impossibility. <laughs>
3: but before that, my very first impression of this, and if you if you want a film to delight me from the outset, fuck with the studio opening titles. The arrangement of the 20th Century Fox
1: fanfare. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, it's yeah. so great. I loved it. Yeah, brilliant. That must have been one of the first films to do something like that, surely.
3: Yeah, I don't know. We should look at the history of it. I've seen a video about the history of people messing with the Universal logo because, you know, there's so many great ones. Mm. Scott Pilgrim and others might look into that because I love that stuff.
2: That was great, yeah. And you knew you were in for a good, a good time as soon as you heard that. I so, thought, yeah, right. this is going to be good. Mm.
0: The teeth in the opening segment look very good for a 1970s teeth. American though, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> but I was going to say, I've not just said that without some sort of link to some evidence base, but if you watch music video from the same time, say ABBA's Money, 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 where they go quite close on the teeth, their teeth aren't perfect, but the one in the Rocky Horror Picture Show opening credits are. Where do you think this
1: ranks in the list of Tim Curry's best performances? Because you've got Frank M. you got Pennywise... You've got Darkness, and you've got the Home Alone concierge. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's Darkness's character from the Tom Cruise... From Legend. Legend movie. Yeah. And the very well-loved Cluedo movie, don't forget.
1: I didn't know who was in that. It was a Colonel Mustard? That would be my guess. He
2: was the lead piping. <laughs>
3: um, I think he's just like the butler of the, the house where everything happens. Yeah, okay. I've never seen it, but I know that people love it. So we should probably watch that at some point. Mm. I mean, for me, right at the top, it's not only like I said earlier, like a pitch perfect performance full of such confidence, but also because you can see that he's clearly relishing embodying that character. That's infectious.
0: Mm. Content wise, he's got so much more in this than the other two movies. So really, it's no comparison. I don't think really. You know, he's got so much more freedom to do what he wants, whereas he does a hell of a lot with a lot less. In it mm. and uh, Home Alone 2. So, yeah, I'd say this. It's a very physical performance as well.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I
3: don't know how they did it, but was anybody else utterly convinced that he was
1: Brad and Janet in silhouette until he revealed that he wasn't?
2: <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's
1: really good that running back the exact same sequence. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm afraid so, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> convinced she's Janet. That is so
2: good. That had one of my favorite lines. Janet says, uh, what have you done with Brad? And he says, well, nothing. Do you think I should? (laughs) 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 And then he does the same, obviously, with Brad for Janet.
3: (laughs) If we're doing favourite lines, one of my first ones is, uh, what charming underclothes you both have. (laughs) Yeah, I've got that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the way he says, tingling
0: with anticipation. Oh, bollocks, you got mine That's my only favourite one but
3: my, Okay, uh, sorry I should stop doing like three But my very favourite line is uh, When somebody Is critical of Rocky's creation He says, I didn't make him for you
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it so Craig's uh, ambushed me again And taking my favourite <laughs> line <laughs> um, I'm just going to say uh,
2: Phallic levers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they were very much <laughs> Giving them a good yank Oh yeah oh. <laughs> oh. I liked it when they were Janet and Brad were driving in the car And uh, I think a bike Rushes past And uh, Janet goes They sure do take their lives in their hands Especially in this weather And Brad goes, yes Janet Life's pretty cheap to that type <laughs> Yeah
3: <laughs> That's the, like a perfect 50s B-movie
1: uh, exchange. It's great, yeah. I never used to like um, Barry Bostwick in my younger days watching the film, but now he's he's right up there with with Tinko. Oh, yeah, he's, he's perfectly such cast a, in this. A brilliant square. He's amazing.
3: <laughs> Do you remember that he was the mayor or mayor, if you prefer? <laughs> in Spin City? If you br- yeah,
0: mayor, yeah. if you're British. Mayor, mayo, if you think you want to be American. All right, you fucking flag <laughs> so it's rooting to in Texas, Craig. Everybody, here
4: he comes. <laughs> 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 Texas, <laughs> <laughs> only
2: place in America. <laughs> Speaking of mayors, mayors yes. or mayors, <laughs> mayors. do not else think that Rocky? Looked like a young, incredibly buff Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson. Yes! <laughs>
0: yes! Oh, oh God. When he it, first popped enough. out, I went, if they, if, they, if he comes out all tubby and talking bullshit, and then I was going to be really upset. Calling
1: people old boy and old chap. <laughs> You're going to have to cut that out so I forget the comment.
3: <laughs> Another cool bit of casting that people might pick up on. The narrator Charles Gray mm. played Blofeld in a couple of
1: Bond yes. movies. Yep, mm-hmm. he's very good as well as the criminologist. Yes. Just yeah. very straight laced, stiff upper lip, glaring at the camera constantly.
3: But also juxtaposed with him cutting in to give instructions during the time
4: war. Yeah,
1: that was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was a good stage version in the nineties where Nicholas Parsons played the criminologist. Oh yeah! And oh he, my god! He did it with the suit on the top of, with fishnets. Yeah, and the fishnets. On the bottom half.
0: Oh my god, that would have been awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice another stalwart of 80s British TV?
1: Yeah. Christopher Biggins. Biggins. In the lineup, doing the dance. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Straight away, I was like, I recognise that. Who's that? And then, yeah, straight on IMDb, it was like, of course, it's Biggins. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got a couple of lines at the start when Brad and Janet, uh, outside of the chapel after the wedding, And they're talking about the happy couple's chances of a long and happy marriage. And Brad just says, well, everyone knows that Betty's a wonderful little cook. (laughs) 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 When Riff Raff answers the door to Brad and Janet, and he just looks at Janet and he says, you're wet. And Janet just goes, (laughs) yes, it's raining. (laughs) (laughs) After the Sword of Damocles song, Janet just says, Oh, no, I don't like men with too many muscles and looks up at Brad smiling. (laughs) 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 Oh, and then uh, Dr. Scott comes into it for the first time and um, Frank says to him, Dr. Scott, or should I say Dr. Von Scott? (laughs) So it's a big (laughs) reveal. (laughs) I think it's in the
3: I'm Going Home song. They say... Tell us about it, Janet. And I wondered if that was a Greece reference. Tell me about it. Stirred. Mm. Intoned in the same way. Yeah. And I think Greece, as a musical on stage, predates the musical stage version of mm. Rocky Horror. Yeah, that sounds right.
2: I mean, it, it could have just been common parlance in the 70s. Wow. Well,
3: it's not the exact same line. It's just that it's intoned the same. That's the mm. thing that I thought it was. Tell us about it,
1: Janet.
0: If I had to review this movie in two words, it would just be sexy grease.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds bad. I'm going to the shop to get myself some sexy grease.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Keep yourself warm, love. I'll fetch the sexy grease.
1: (laughs) Just one last dialogue exchange that I really like is just when they're all just saying each other's names back and forth. Brad, Rocky, Janet. (laughs) Just over and over again in circles. was everybody's favorite song in the film then mine is touch me i'm surprised uh re-watching it how how little season sarandon has in the film but what she does have
0: is Mm. cracking body (laughs) fantastic
1: she's
3: got a great voice and she nails the bits she does and she makes janet a memorable character which on paper it might not have been Mm. speaking of people with surprisingly incredible singing voices Sim Curry has got fucking range. Yeah. He could have been a pop star, obviously, the stage presence as well. You know, what I was saying about his performance being really physical. Mm. One thing I noticed is in the can can lineup at the end, his can can kicks are like great, and Rocky's are really lackluster. <laughs> like, he's barely doing it.
2: <laughs> when you pack on that much mass, you lose flexibility. That's just a straight up <laughs> yeah, fact. Right, right. Speaking
0: from experience, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> well, look at me, man. Look at me. <laughs>
2: My favourite song was, it's a toss-up between Science Fiction Double Feature, the opening song, and Eddie. I really like that one too. Both crackers. For me, it
0: was a, it's was it got to be Time Warp, but yeah, I love the Eddie song as well, but Time Warp is always going to be linked to school discos and things like that. Yeah.
3: One thing I would say about Time Warp, unless I've completely misunderstood it, is I think it's the one song in the Rocky Horror Show that doesn't advance the plot in any way that I understood It's a filler like, They're not explaining anything It's a filler, it <laughs> was originally
0: conceived as filler Because the original stage show was 40 minutes So they just did that song and threw it in there as filler oh, wow. <laughs> wow And of course it took on life of its own and then that's it It's
1: interesting how those things happen, isn't it? Mm. A bit of throwaway mm-hmm. Filler becomes one of the most iconic songs yeah. in history Not yeah, just yeah. from that film yeah. Top draw trivia, Turner <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> we were talking about this in our, in our messages during the week. What do we think is happening in that creation of Rocky sequence? What's that liquid? What's that receptacle yes. that his bandaged body <laughs> is in?
2: <laughs> it's obviously, it's obviously aided in technology.
1: Yeah.
3: Who knows? yeah. I think it's best not to think about the science. Don't dwell on it. <laughs> I feel like what the metaphor of it is, is that he's being willed into life, by like sexual energy and liberation and not by anything scientific mm. and the, i think i'm right in saying there's a rainbow on that tank that he's in right yeah mm.
1: colored specs, isn't it yeah. mm. but there's also electricity mm-hmm. yeah.
3: yeah the obvious nods to frankenstein yeah frankenstein but specifically mm. james whale
1: mm. it's alive yeah. yeah yeah i was expecting him to bellow that out mm. once rocky Yeah. Uh, Lighted the tub, but alas,
2: no.
3: And it's not just a love letter to B movie horror and hammer with the narrator, you've got a touch of Alvarez got to present yeah. Twilight Zone. Well,
2: mm-hmm. oh, I would like to uh, just quickly throw in my favorite names from the credits in this section that I call my favorite name from the credits. <laughs> I saw the principal musician, Rabbit. That's a good name. So that could even be the best name of the week. But then almost out of nowhere. Appeared the construction manager, one Mr. Dick Frift <laughs> Dick Frift everybody.
1: That
0: sounds
2: um, appropriate. Thrifty with the old penis, eh? Doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't use it willy nilly.
0: Oh! Ho, ho! <laughs> <laughs>
1: is the part of the show where the panel of peril compete for the title of this week's Most Diabolical, and with that comes the honour of choosing next week's movie and hosting the show In the Rocky Horror Picture Show Dr. Frank N. Furter is attempting to create the perfect sexual partner to do with what he will, and possibly murder once he's finished with him Fellas, let's do the mind walk again Why have I written that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not
4: the best
2: you could come up with
3: what are you up at like two in the morning
4: (laughs) glowing orbs
2: the episode of like wakes up in the night writes it down but can't work out what his joke is
0: (laughs) oh well that's gotta stay
1: might
2: as well leave that in yeah definitely (laughs) 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 I was just gonna say three florets of broccoli Mm mm-hmm Three. At first, I was going to give it one, because I thought it was absolute nonsense, but then I thought, actually, it's quite diabolical just building a, a sex yeah. toy, a living yeah. sex toy. So uh, I upgraded it to three, four, it's of broccoli there. So there you go, yeah. we can get on. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> okay, so first up, we will have Adam. Yeah, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, it was I not on mute then? Oh, sorry.
2: you we'll get yours, Stein said. <laughs> You'll get yours. I'll get you, my pretty. Maybe a little dog too.
0: <laughs> Frank and Ferta needs a better-equipped man slash woman slash human. Frank seems to like a bit of everything. <laughs> Pansexual, I believe the term is. How will he combine all his favourite things into a single human body? We all know boys are made of frogs and snails and puppy dog tails and girls are made from sugar and spice and all things nice. <laughs> with this knowledge at the front of his mind, Frank sets about his plan. First of all, Frank decides he will adopt as many puppies as he can from the local animal sanctuary. With a huge mansion, with large grounds, he makes a perfect doggy daddy. Ah! Frank then makes sure the ponds in his grounds are well stocked with frogs and lots of vegetables are left out for hungry snails to congregate on. Yes, Frank thinks, this is all going to plan. Next, Frank heads down to his local town centre to the nearest bakery. Give me your finest buns, dear. Actually, I'll take all your sweetest products, post-haste. With the delivery arranged to his abode, Frank heads outside to fulfil his next segment, sending out riffraff in his place. The town is full of zombies. No, not the undead. (laughs) the zombies that plague all town centres in the world. Have you guessed yet? I'm talking about spice zombies, the overindulgent aficionados <laughs> of the novel psychoactive substance. Riff Raff follows the trail of stumbling half-asleep nitwits to the source of their supply. I'll take everything you have, my friend, he says, clearing out the human parasite of his stock of spice. Meanwhile, Magenta is busy on the phone ordering all things nice from the very (laughs) catalogue. Frank has also been busy in his lab making a few new contraptions. With everything assembled, he unveils his next part of the plan. He has been busy creating a huge two-storey-high food blender. Into this blender, (laughs) puppies, frogs, snails, sweet bakery products, spice and everything nice. It all's blended down into a nice thick paste. And then put into a human-sized mould of what Frank considers to be the perfect human with both sets of bits. <laughs> into his freezer goes the mould, and seven days later, hey presto, the mould is split and his perfect human is born. I'm going to call this perfect human Eiffel Powers, and uh, the person is a cross between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bridget Bardo, but with a cock, balls, and fanny. <laughs> Eiffel Powers? Eiffel Powers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I did there? Like Tower? All right. Mm-hmm. Tower? <laughs> I've, I just sort of camped it up a bit.
2: As is your wont. Hmm. Okay.
0: I mean, I don't think it's any less,
3: you know, nonsensical than mm-hmm. the plot of the movie.
2: Yeah, that's it.
3: But the movie was made in 1975, and I think it was set in, like, the 50s. Mm-hmm. Did they have the drug Spice and the very catalogue there? Probably. I'm not sure
2: they did. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. I was called a shenanigan on this, but anything's possible.
0: The plot is so out there and totally hard to follow that I just thought, well, I'm just gonna have
2: fun with it. There you go. Time machine. They could do the time warp, couldn't they? I suppose time warp, and it took him. Them... <laughs> My
3: follow-up question is, what are the nice things in the very catalog?
0: Well, I'll, it's it's uh, whatever you know. It's I guess I guess it would be microwave. Yeah, well, it could be like a. Uh, What's the name? The easy bake oven, I suppose, that kids can have. Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. A a little glass of, a little uh, bit of Chanel number five. Some nice makeup.
2: Scented candles? Scented
0: candles, yeah, there you go. It's all that. What aroma? Uh, Vanilla and.
2: uh, No, you're wrong.
0: PS5? No, not PS5. Not
2: in 1975, Craig, you (laughs) fucking tool. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, in
1: 1975 when they didn't have the very catalogue. <laughs> oh, uh, they time-warped, didn't they? Can't time-warp a PS5? <laughs> oh, yeah, they can. I forgot. Can't get an older one for love no money. <laughs> yeah. Time-warp all now. It's mad. They're
3: available now. <laughs> PS5 is available now.
2: <laughs> They've time-warped so far in the future that the pad's actually working out. Yeah. So. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> the,
1: the question I was going to ask, to you, Yeah. Now, all this stuff just mushed up together and yeah. put into a mould, Yeah. wouldn't it just be like a gross-looking grey-skinned bit of jelly rather
0: than no. a sexually desirable human. <laughs>
2: a big jelly baby.
0: Yeah. Once it's in Frank Inverter's magic uh, freezer, you know it makes just as much sense as that mummy in a sort of uh, mm. rainbow-coloured tank. Creative license, as they call okay. it.
2: What's going to be powering it? Because we know that Eddie's brain was put into Rocky, or part mm. of Eddie's brain. Love. Power of love. Okay. The power of love. It's a curious <laughs> thing. Fair enough. Okay,
1: next we're going to go for... Ben, please.
2: All right. Well, this week's plot got me a thinking. What is the perfect person? Am I a perfect person? (laughs) Is there even such a thing? See, the world doesn't march to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you might not be right for some. And by that, I mean we all like our own weird shit. (laughs) So I posit (laughs) that rather than the perfect person... Dr. Frankenfurter, with his crazy alien ways, actually wanted to create the most desirable person. So who are the most desirable people on the planet? Celebrities, obviously. And are all of them conventionally good-looking? No. Just look at Jason Swartzman. He's a (laughs) petite hobgoblin of a man. But you wouldn't kick him out of bed, would you? Again, no. You wouldn't. You'd snuggle up tightly to him, arms wrapped around his hirsute torso, and you'd demand he recites lines from Rushmore. We all would. <laughs> so it's fair to say that desirability and good looks are not necessarily connected. Although, as someone who has benefited greatly from them, I can see that good looks are helpful. <laughs> so this person that we're making doesn't even need to be good-looking. I believe Dr Frank would gain far more satisfaction from a never-ending production line of imperfect, but highly desirable people. All he'd need to do is set up a production company, using his innate flair for showmanship and pageantry, to create movies that delight audiences around the world. As his movies become hits, the unknown actors he casts become stars, and therefore instantly and immeasurably desirable. But what if they spurn his advances? Impossible. As his reputation as a creative tour de force grows, his desirability likewise skyrockets, giving him the sexual collateral to make it with his pick of the world's most desirable people. Okay.
3: My immediate question then would be, how long does Riff Raff put up with this shit? Because he wasn't impressed (laughs) with the very brief amount of time it took to (laughs) enact the movie's plot, let alone the years it would take to build such a mm. reputation in movie making. I didn't mm.
2: consider Riff Ruff. I thought he would be off hosting the Crystal Maze, so <laughs> we'd have, have a bit of time.
3: Maybe he could be one of the movie stars.
2: <laughs> yeah, keep him busy. We've got a role. Your mother's a skeleton. We need you to sing to her. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mum's here.
3: Has anybody watched the Crystal Maze with Richard Ayoade? Mm.
0: Uh, a lit. I think I've seen one episode which is quite yeah. good yeah I quite liked it
3: yeah I wanted to like it more but yeah I didn't care
0: it's, I think once you've watched the original with uh, Richard O'Brien it does never quite s- reaches the same heights again does it So uh, Tudor Pole was alright
2: yeah he was nowhere near I was going to say Tudor Pole was awful
0: mm-hmm. got that for my mum used to go to school with uh, Tudor Pole did she? mhm
2: yeah. what was her opinion of him?
0: I can't remember, but I remember she <laughs> she said that she went to school with her Judah Paul.
1: <laughs> he was also in the Rocky Horror show on stage at Judah Paul for many years. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's probably why O'Brien recruited him. Mm-hmm.
2: So good plan? Yeah,
1: I don't know, it's just It's quite um... <laughs> 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 I mean, I know all the plans are far-fetched, but it it does seem quite far-fetched to become a a big-time movie director creating desirable stars. I suppose that basically was the Hollywood movie system of the 40s, 50s, 60s. Mm. It just seems more far-fetched than making a human out of uh, (laughs) frogs and and snails and and puppy puppy dog dog tails.
4: tails. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) But
2: wait, this guy was just like knocking out songs in the middle of murder. Mine's grounded in science. This guy, he was just like, coming down in an elevator, song. Murderer guy, song. He was just knocking songs out, classic songs, left, right and centre, if you put his mind to it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, just in the scales in my
1: head, Turner's is a bit more weighty for some reason. I have no idea why. Thank you. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Totally. I can't quite verbalise what it
2: is. <laughs> I think it's the fact that Turner started his with Everybody knows boys are made of snails and puppy dogs' tails. <laughs> Have
0: you never heard that before? And frogs. Start with your plans with a hook. You've got to grab them by the jaffers straight
2: away. So Gaz is thinking, right? Well, if everyone's supposed to know this, and I and I don't, or I act like I don't, people are going to think I'm an idiot. So Have you never heard this
0: before? Never. <laughs> it's like a really well-known phrase. You've never heard it
2: before. Never heard that.
0: I thought that's what half the half the laughs would be about.
2: No, that's, I was laughing because I'd never heard that, and it sounded ridiculous. <laughs> right. That's why I was wow. cracking. Have you up. never heard well, that
3: girls are made of sugar and spice and all things nice?
2: I heard that, yeah.
3: It's from the same rhyme. Same nursery I haven't heard rhyme, the whole
2: rhyme. Yeah. Well I've been fed that rhyme piecemeal, obviously. <laughs> That's it, exactly. Yeah. Living in a <laughs> dream world.
0: Welcome to reality, punk.
2: I think my mum my must have censored it. She didn't want me knowing about the boy stuff.
1: <laughs> okay, and we'll go for the final plan with Craig.
3: Knowledge, it is said, is knowing that Rocky Horror is not the monster. Wisdom is also knowing that Rocky Horror is not the monster. (laughs) But if we accept that it is Rocky's imperfect creation, which leads Riff Raff and Magenta to treason against Frank, then in order to understand why the hot dog's diabolical plans were derailed, we must identify what was wrong with Rocky and how he could be perfected. Like Prometheus sculpting the first hard bodies from soft clay... Frank seemingly makes no mistakes in shaping Rocky's physical form, if the Teutonic look is what you're into at least, and ignoring his comb-over. But we can all agree that Rocky is objectively an Adonis in peak condition. So it is, we must look to his mind as the kink in the armour. Rocky's mind meat was plucked from the loaf of (laughs) biker Eddie, the two sharing the brain and each having only half a mind to fondle Frank. Within that mind is the memory of lost love, both for Columbia and for Frank, and of betrayal, spurned by the jealous Doctor. Had this emotional conflict not existed in the mind of Rocky, Frank could have curried his favour <laughs> to make him more loyal and less fickle, less inclined to run into the open legs of Janet. Simply put, Frank needs a brain for his creation that either has no baggage or a less complex bond with its creator. Brad and Janet's arrival at the castle could have proved to be the perfect opportunity. Instead of showing off his creation to them, he should have made them his creation, scooping out their pink parts and smashing them together inside Rocky's cavity to create the perfect androgynous entity. Just like this film itself, what a mindfuck. (laughs) With his harem of half-brained 50s throwbacks complete Frank and co would hop on their choppers and ride off into the sunrise, leaving the remaining Transylvanians free to return to their home planet So in a nutshell, don't use Eddie's brain, use half of Brad's and half of Janet's
1: Check Mm. out the big brain on Brad! How are you dividing those brains, left hemisphere, right hemisphere, or horizontal? Yeah, no, left,
3: left to right. Okay. Yeah. Take the left brain out of Brad, the right brain out of Janet, smash them together in Rocky's hole in his head.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: Would uh, one side of the brain deal with like motor functions and stuff like? No, that? No, that's and been then... proven
1: to be a complete claptrap scientifically. <laughs> not how your brain works i did know but i've subsequently forgotten i did study this (laughs) but there's an amount of neuroplasticity which the hemispheres can be rewritten in case of brain damage and and Uh, Uh, it's it's really interesting i agree (laughs) but i i can't remember it very well so (laughs) (laughs) i definitely i read about it but it's
3: in one ear out the other you know what i mean I
0: guess a lot of dimwits would probably
2: find it very, very boring. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we do, we do. Something said, not good. They called me a dimwit.
1: (laughs) Some absolutely diabolical schemes there, as always, from the panel of peril. Wait,
2: questions. What? We're not questioning Craig's anymore? Oh, I thought you'd finish. Sorry, I go on. Just had a... <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. Go on. Then. So, I just want to just, just once and for all kind of wrap that up. You're basically going to do the same thing. They, uh, Rocky's going to look the same. He's going to look like Boris Johnson on steroids. You're just going to change the brain. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't, as both Janet and Brad want to leave, if you use half of their brain each, wouldn't they still want to leave?
3: I think that's a really re- reductive view of what's happening in the film. I mean, they're both physically and emotionally attracted to Frank as well. Mm. And what I'm suggesting is that at the end they all leave together, leave Riff Raff behind, and let him leave as he wants to. He wants to go back to Transylvania, so let him.
2: I see. Driving
1: off into
3: the sunrise. Yeah, not the sunset, the sunrise. Mm. Yeah. Because everything's ahead of them.
0: Okay, so they could have a spare like a spare Brad and Janet like hybrid wandering around somewhere.
3: Well, no, because Brad and Janet are still them, but with half their brains, the way Eddie was when he came back. So they, they're still around and they're still into Frank as they were themselves. But then Rocky has half of each of their brains as well. So there's three, three people to be in his little harem.
2: So he's cleverer than them. Is that how that works? I thought Frank wanted only half of Eddie's brain because he wanted to make Rocky dumb. I don't know if that was explicit but yeah. he wanted a bimbo yeah. right? Uh-huh. A himbo a thembo anyway, what he's
3: getting that's <laughs> better from this uh, hybrid is he's getting both the male and female minds within that one mm-hmm. perfect body uh, and they don't have the baggage that Eddie has from their prior relationship together.
0: So that bra- that brain's in Rocky but then Brad and Janet are also still alive.
3: Yeah, Yeah the way Eddie was still alive
2: And they're now now stupid because they've been lobotomized. so you can do what you want with them. (laughs) Well, Eddie
3: doesn't become more stupid, does he? So why would we assume that? We've seen Eddie walking around and he's fine until Frank killed him.
0: Does he just carry him around like Brad and Janet in the back of a trailer?
3: No, they ride the choppers as well. Because, no. like I just said, about three or four times, everything <laughs> was still fine. So why wouldn't maybe?
2: <laughs> I think it's quite a sexy plan, having to. Yeah, I might mm. up to. Best of three worlds.
3: I Imagine the the two halves of the brain are sixty nine in, inside. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that sold it. That sold it to me. Uh, wine and dine and inside <laughs> a skull sixty nine. Like
3: just like the film
1: itself. What a mindfuck. <laughs> up, <laughs> well, an absolutely diabolical schemes there from the panel of peril to summarize we had adam's plan which involved sort of a puree of frogs snails peppy dogs tails spice zombies and all things nice which was then poured into a mold and frozen all things nice from the very catalogue yes from the very catalogue
2: specifically
0: and as everybody knows, there is no more comprehensive book of nice things than The Very Cow.
1: This is true. I just wonder how well a, a frozen human would do above room temperature.
2: I think I think you've got evidence there, eh, based on the Terminator toy you yeah. used to have. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the flesh. Oh, shit, that was so cool. Yeah. The skin that came off it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Then we had uh, Ben's plan, which... Um, for some reason i find slightly less plausible where frank becomes a movie, <laughs> movie director uh, creating his own celebrities who are desirable and then he himself
2: becomes out know, of bizarre. all of the, all of the plans this is the only one that could actually happen in real life
0: <laughs> it's bizarre yeah it's... but it's it's that implausible it's like so far it's
1: it's too plausible <laughs> that it becomes completely implausible <laughs> <laughs> He's gone full circle. <laughs> and then we had Craig's plan, which involved taking half of Brad's brain, half of Janet's brain, putting them into Rocky's body. And therefore, he would have the perfect human and a male and a female also as sort of a harem, which I'm going to say is my favorite plan of the week. So Craig is this week's winner.
2: Bravo. Congratulations. Yes, well done. Well done. It's only because you had the word harem in there
1: (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to tell us what film you have selected For next week's episode Well Watching
3: the Rocky Horror Picture Show Has put me in a rather Freaky mood and I've decided (laughs) That I'd like to break Ben's cherry as it were And introduce him to his first Ever Marvel movie We're going to watch
2: The
3: excellent Black Panther
2: I knew this was coming at some point. Yeah. And at least this this is one of the ones I've heard is quite highly regarded. Oh, yeah. And it's not hyper-connected into the others, so I should be able to at least muddle through it. It's
3: a perfect onboarding point because although, like with a lot of Marvel stuff, seeing the things that came before it in the series would enrich your viewing of it. You absolutely don't need to have seen anything before this. It has its own very definitive
1: story, yeah. that's self-contained, um, yeah. its own style. There's one thing he needs to know: uh, he's in Civil War first, Black Panther, huh? and yeah. his father gets killed uh, yeah, in a bombing. Uh, yeah. yeah, in that, in like a UN. Yeah, speech. but they do recap that yeah. in Black Panther. Yeah, yeah in uh, a bombing, a bombing,
4: party. I might go back. I might go back and watch that. <laughs> <laughs> <Which one season? laughs>
2: Right, I will go in as I did with uh, with Star Trek. I'll go in with an open mind, and I will uh, I'll I'll try to enjoy it. And that brings
1: us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you for listening, and if you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars on Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Subscribe on YouTube and tell your friends in person and on social media. Word of mouth is the best tool that we have, so please shout it from the rooftops! You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DiabolicalPod. Next time, we'll be discussing Marvel's Black Panther, but until then, remember, everything will be all right in the end, and if it isn't all right, then it isn't the end. Put on your finest fishnets and corsets. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Corset. (laughs) (laughs) This is Diabolical, the comedy (sighs) (sighs) podcast. Podcast, I said then, didn't I? Unbelievable.